Welcome to episode 168 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and we're here back on Zoom. And if we're on Zoom, that means we have a guest. But this week, we don't have Adam. That is surprising. If you're watching the video, though, you can already see that I've brought one of our other co-hosts. I went to the bullpen, and we've brought on Kelsey. You've heard her in the past, and now she's back again. I am back. Yeah. Welcome, Kelsey. You'll be playing the role of Adam tonight. Oh, no. So do I have to... (laughs) So I have to tap into like old references, yeah. not knowing anything. It's a really dry humor. <laughs> uh, you can do you. You don't have to do Adam. But <laughs> Perfect. That would be like a lot of stress, I feel like. Yeah. And our guest for the evening is Adam. <laughs> but uh, no, it's not Hop Nation USA, Adam. It is Adam Sorma. And you've heard him on previous episodes, episode 72, when we interviewed Porter Brewery Tours. And we thought now was a good time to have him back because, hey, he's also writing for Very Local PGH, Very Local Pittsburgh, a guide for all the great things in Pittsburgh. Yeah, thank you. What's up, guys? Thank you, Steve and Kelsey. Great to see you. Great to see you. Yeah, great having you back. I mean, we have we have more things to talk about this time, so we'll you know we can get yeah. into all the we'll get into all the you know journalism that you've been into, all the great pieces you've been writing. Um, but first, we're going to get into what everybody's drinking tonight. So, Adam, go ahead. You're the guest. What yeah. are what are you drinking first this evening? Yeah, right on, dude. Thank you. Uh, so I, I swung through for a curbside uh, pickup at Cinderlands. I'm a huge fan of the. Um, test piece series uh it's their single hop this is the test piece citra um citra is basically like auto-tune for um hops it kind of goes <laughs> well with everything and makes everything good I, I i love this beer but yeah i was gonna kick off this session if it's cool with you guys with this ipa from uh Cinderland's. sure right on and Kelsey, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight, I have a beer from one of my favorites, Brick House. It's the Double Edge Sword. It's a double IPA. Ooh. So, found this little gem in the back of the beer fridge tonight. So, we're going to give that a little uh, little roll for the evening. Right on. And for myself, I'm also kind of digging out and cleaning out the fridge. Everything that's not spoken for for an episode at the moment. <laughs> and everything that's not like a special beer. But I, it's a, I found this just in a Giant Eagle mix and match of all places. And it's a raspberry ginger sour ale from Chandelure Island Brewing. In, and it's, out of, uh, it's out of Gulfport, Missouri. Oh. Yeah. Like it, it's, I've never seen this beer anywhere else except for this one random giant eagle in my area. And I said, okay, I'll try it. Uh, I'll say though, it is pretty tart, but it's not overly tart and it finishes kind of dry. And it also, uh, it, like I don't get much ginger though, hmm. but it's, it's, it's a pretty good raspberry tart ale. Otherwise, if that's, you know, if that's something you're looking for. Those yeah. are probably like a combination of things that I would never think to put together in a beer, but it sounds interesting. So again, I probably want more ginger because I just don't <laughs> have anything that's ginger flavored or right. anything, so 
Well, it, it gets even kind of weirder because it says on the on the label that they, their base beer that they start with before they sour it is a brown ale. Hmm. Wow. Dude, there's so many layers to this. Yeah, because when you first kicked it off and you said that it was a raspberry ginger sour, I am trying to envision that um, combination. And you're saying that the ginger is subtle, but the raspberry is a little more higher volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's mostly raspberry. Like I, I don't really get any ginger at all. So there's none of that uh, spiciness that I usually associate with ginger, especially because I have like a bag of ginger slices from um, uh, I pay, uh, Big Lots. Big Lots sells ginger slices with the with the sugar crust on them. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I just keep that as like a snack on my desk next to my computer. So like this, I'm sorry, this beer doesn't really compare to that right now. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And I have had double-edged sword there, Kelsey. I, I saw you hold that up. Yeah. I, I do love that um, can label and I love that beer. Um, haven't had it in a while. I know that they release that recurringly, but um, what do you think? Do you like that one? Uh, so far, so good. Um, I actually don't think I've had this beer, so I was pretty excited when I got it as a four-pack a few weeks back, and I was like, you know what? Today is the day, Grits House Curd decide I'm buying all the things. So, <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Grits House has really been just cranking out the great, like, they have good stuff pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't think of too many other breweries other than Hitchhiker and Cinderlands that have been, really been accommodated for this COVID situation as much as it sucks for them. They're also still ready to just put something new and great out every week. Right, um, which is awesome. I think I'm going to have to try hit up Cinderlands eventually here because it's about time I'm overdue for some of their delicious beer. So. <laughs> right on. So, uh, Adam, what have you been up to since we last talked? I, I mentioned that you've been writing for Very Local PGH and uh, a lot of your articles have been beer related, but uh, I know you write every th- other things, but uh, let's talk a little bit about your beer writing at the moment. Uh, you're kind of an advocate for the scene, obviously. So what is, what is something people should know about right now going on in the Pittsburgh beer scene? Oh, good question. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I'll say if, if, if folks listening aren't familiar, very local is just basically uh, we're owned by WTAE. We're just the digital arm. So TAE handles like news and sports and weather, and all the stuff you might see on local news, whereas very local handles food and beverage and arts and culture. We used to also do events. Obviously with COVID, we're not doing events right now. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, going back to your question, I, I have kind of leaned into writing about beer, not by any means as an expert or as a brewer or as any kind of thought leader, really. I just really like it. And I love being a part of that scene. The people that I've met, both you guys and other podcasters and enthusiasts and advocates in the beer community have been really dope. Um, but yeah, man, I would say the one thing to know, really, if you're looking to go out and grab a beer is just just to remind yourself to try to go hungry like and what i mean by that is the allegheny kind of requirement to have a meal with your draft beer sometimes can trip people up if you show up you're like hey man i just had a bomb mass dinner and i'm looking to just get a beer doesn't quite work that way and i uh, i wanted to like gently nudge our readers and gently nudge my friends and even myself when i forget that if you want to sit down at a pop-up or or at an outdoor seating section um I would say that's the one thing, you know, depending on when this airs, as long as that rule, the rules flip-flop, they love changing the rules. Right. But, 
as long as that's still the rule, just, you know, be mindful that you're going to drop a couple more bucks because you're going to have to get a bite. And the meal requirement is, um, you know, required to before you can uh, be served a beer. Right on. I'd say just to add on to that, like not every brewery has a kitchen to go to. So a lot of them, they can use the food truck to supplement that meal. So also just still go hungry because you can also help two businesses at once. You can help a food truck and a brewery. It's all, yeah, dude, you nailed it. Yeah, that's exactly right. The folks who aren't doing in-house food programs, yeah, they book the trucks. The trucks are just slinging awesome food, and they, they're leaning into it. I mean, they know that they have to be on time, ready to deliver. They're not there to just sell out and roll back home. They're there to like be part of it because they have to. You know. Yeah. Do you have a current favorite combination of food truck and brewery? Oh man. Dude, it's funny you ask that because my, uh, I don't know, I forget, the last time we talked was probably last year, but my resolution for 2019 for New Year's was to try to eat every single meal off a food truck for the whole year. And I didn't quite achieve it, but there was a stretch uh, two weeks ago at the beginning of August in this year where I ate off of a food truck for nine days in a row. And, uh, I, I love food trucks. So I love that you asked the question. Cause I, I, I think when I get up in the morning, I usually check Twitter and then I think about food trucks and like, I, um, I would say there's a lot of folks doing some awesome stuff off the trucks this weekend in particular, if you're a fan of blue sparrow, uh, chef Luke blue sparrow is popping up at 11th hour in Lawrenceville as part of their anniversary celebration. And then he's going to turn around and serve brunch around about in Lawrenceville on Sunday. Uh, he's a great food truck that I love. He pairs well with beer. He works with Brew Gentleman and Dancing Gnome, obviously Roundabout, 11th Hour. Um, you know, another food truck that I love, uh, I love Sandwich Society. Uh, they're doing – Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chelsea's <laughs> applauding. Yeah, I love them, man. They, they just had a second baby, so they've been really busy, obviously, you know, raising a family. But um, they are popping up in their side lot. So they have their – prep kitchen and they have a parking lot so they pop up in the side lot in lawrenceville uh they're they're doing friday saturday for hot chicken and burgers which is pretty cool uh and then the only only the other one i'd love to shout out i mean thanks for giving me the option to shout out my favorite trucks but jamie who runs steering wheel also does burgers also does awesome food oh, yeah. uh, he retired when he broke his shoulder he went and had shoulder surgery and then came out of retirement went like all in Jordan 95. Like it was so cool to see when he came back after surgery and was like, you know what? I'm going to give this another go. Cause we thought he was going to sell the truck, same menu, same stuff. He does awesome. Like waffle fries. Um, he's not as regular with his bookings. So you're not going to have like a home base or like a residency, but once hitchhiker gets back to doing draft beer, expect to see him at hitchhiker for sure. Oh, for sure. Right on. Oh, you're in wheel now that you bring that up. I'm like, Oh, I need to find next time he's going out because I could really use one of his <laughs> didn't they uh didn't steering wheel and I, I might be wrong about this but didn't they do like a burger that had like ghost pepper cheese and uh it like had all it had like three different hot peppers on it in yep. like three different fashions okay yeah yeah, yeah I love that burger so <laughs> yeah it's that's like one of his signature ones man he does a few like really interesting takes on just a good craft burger the one that steve's talking about is awesome if you like hot peppers um mm -hmm. he's got a pimento option with pimento cheese that my colleague stephanie like loves and i love his truffle he has like a truffle oil burger that's kind of my go-to and he can do anything you know meat or veg for folks who are like vegetarian but 
yeah, man, Jamie's the man. Um, and I, I'm glad that you guys are fans too, because I, Anytime I can catch him, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. <laughs> I like his one with like pork belly and like those little cornerstone pickles. <laughs> pickles. I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> it's now a burger cast. <laughs> well, it's not. Yeah. Surprise. That's <laughs> fine. Um, yeah. yeah. Episode one. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we, we're always looking to expand anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, dude, I, I, it's just like you literally, it's like you read my mind. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about food trucks. I, since we last talked, I moved. So I, I used to live here in Lawrenceville. That's where I'm talking to you guys tonight, mm-hmm. just from my office. But I moved to Sharpsburg. And um, what's funny about that is I, I'm on 22nd Street. So if you know where the Highland Park Bridge is, I'm about a block from the Highland Park Bridge close to Aspenwall. And the funny thing is at the end of our street, uh, there's like a, a prep kitchen that a lot of trucks prep from. So if you've ever had Alberta's Pizza, which is Bo, Bo preps from that kitchen. So does, um, if you've ever had Korean barbecue from Mr. Bulgogi, Mr. Bulgogi preps there. So I, I'll be coming out of my like, you know, street and it's all these food trucks that like I, I know and love. And you know, they're in there prepping to get ready to go out and do food service. Um, it's pretty cool just to see them out there and, uh, I support all of them and, and I hope everyone, you know, if you get a chance to support the food trucks. Yeah, that is cool. I, I didn't actually know that, that like they all kind of just shared one big prep kitchen and that's fun. That's funny though, that you're like right next to it. So you just come out and smell all the smells. <laughs> totally. Do you just like wander down there then and be like, Hey, where are you serving today? Hey, where are you going to be this weekend? Hey, where are you headed? Any specials today? Cause I feel like I would try to get to know as many of the, I mean, it sounds like you've already gotten to know like a ton of the truck drivers already. Um, but I feel like that would be a great way to get to know them even better and be like, Hey, so this weekend. Yeah. I, I would say you could definitely probably do that. It, it is just purely a commissary and it almost is like a, not like a galley style, but there's no front of house. It's only a back of house. So it's just like a prep space. Right. I would say if you want specials or like sneak peeks or like, menu previews i would just hit their social they're all pretty responsive on instagram and facebook especially luke with blue sparrow and jamie with uh steering wheel like if you're looking to like even if you're like hey man like if you're planning to like sell out of this item hold one like i promise i'll be there they're great they're awesome about like treating people and uh but that commissary kitchen is funny just because it serves as that like purpose with like cold storage and like dishware and all the stuff you might need and they all have their little you know stalls and spaces in there but um yeah they're they're great man <laughs> yeah you mentioned blue sparrow we actually talked about them two episodes ago with uh breweries and pa so those guys were just going on about blue sparrow as well but uh, oh, awesome. yeah yeah that combination of blue sparrow and 11th hour would be a real good one to hit up this weekend yeah to, oh my gosh totally and expect speaking of what kelsey said expect to see some surprises i i don't know exactly what they have planned I read just like some of their social posts, 11th Hour is releasing three barrel-aged sort of like beers for mm-hmm. the anniversary. Expect to see something from Luke too. I'm sure Luke on the Blue Sparrow truck is going to um, throw a curveball and definitely collab with them to, to do something special. So that, that's pretty cool. Right on, right on. So I, you already mentioned how you moved to Sharpsburg and uh, you know, I've, we follow each other on Twitter. So I've definitely seen that documented in your interactions with your neighbors and everything. But uh, <laughs> uh, if you're not from the Pittsburgh area in Sharpsburg, we have dancing gnome and hitchhiker. And then right across that bridge, we also have couch. So how hard has that been for you making that move and also keeping a wallet 
you know, with some money. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, my girlfriend yells at me about that just because uh, it's so easy. I, uh, I ride my moped. I have a little moped that I ride around town. And um, in order for me to get from where we live to here in my office, I take the 62nd Street Bridge to Butler Street, and I'm passing, I think, six breweries on my way to work every day. And, <laughs> dude, Steve, it is so tempting because I love them all, and I want to support all of them. I certainly swing through for canned pickups at Dancing Gnome, which is literally just, like, right there. Hitchhiker as well, Roundabout. I'm looking at Cinderlands. They're right there. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about your commute, how that because if you're still in the, <laughs> yeah, if you're still in the Lawrenceville office, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally, man. It's it's funny. So yeah, I would say it's been it's been really nice to see them both as parts of the neighborhood and as parts of the community, but just as friends. Um, just as a little short side story, kind of a funny thing. Uh, my uh, girlfriend's boss dropped off this beautiful like chocolate cake. Um, as like a housewarming gift. We, we bought this house and it's awesome. Uh, and it's a lot of chocolate cake and it's a lot of like sugar and just very sweet. And so we had a couple of pieces and we're like, you know, I wonder if like the DG crew would want like a staff meal. Like they're probably just finishing like uh, a batch of beer, like brewing. So I just rode my moped over and I was like, hey, Andrew, like, do you guys, do you guys want some cake when you're like done? And he's like, yeah, just set it down and we'll eat it. And it's nice to like have those interactions where it's not just like transactional. It's more just like, hey, dude, I'm a few blocks away. I've got this cake. Sure, you guys would want to treat yourselves to something after you're done working. It's been hot out. They have the garage door open. You can smell the grain from like a block away. It's awesome. But I've uh, been trying to befriend my beer people while also supporting them and not going overboard. <laughs> you know, uh, that old adage of a way to a person's heart. And you're, you're plying them with cake to you know maybe get a pastry stout in return i understand i don't fault that (laughs) (laughs) i would too (laughs) yeah oh no doubt that's funny so i was uh wondering we're talking about how not everything you write is about beer but i know you also enjoy your coffee as well we talked about that uh so what is some places that you should people should be thinking about coffee wise and if you want to talk about like uh trace that's opening up with their own coffee coffee side project with red hawk what's going on coffee wise in pittsburgh (laughs) Uh, totally man i'm more than happy to i do love a good cup of coffee before we started this zoom call i told steve and kelsey i'm very caffeinated right now just from my prior zoom meetings all day (laughs) for work uh but yeah dude like we're lucky to live here in a city of what three hundred thirty thousand people we have like 14 15 coffee shops a lot of them roast their own beans it's a very like thoughtful approach to, to coffee. Um, it, it's funny you mentioned Trace because when I interviewed those guys, they're stellar stand-up crew. Just like I'm really, really admire and look up to what they're doing up there. And you're right. Trace is bringing on um, Red Hawk to sort of do an in-house coffee program at the bar. So you could go in in the morning, have a cup of coffee, maybe work remote or hang out or have a meeting and then transition your day into beer. Um, I think that the two parlay super well together. I love that um, even the folks at Hop Culture Magazine who cover beer have started Bean Culture, and Bean Culture is going to focus on coffee and the coffee culture. And I think that, like, Kenny and his team are thinking through that, kind of in that same lens of, like, beverages that just work well together. But if you want specific spots, man, you hit it on the head with, like, Red Hawk. I I love those guys. Braden is uh, busy opening – a new location. I'm not sure. I'm, you guys may already know about this, so feel free to 
like cut me off, but Red Hawk's opening in Sharpsburg and it's going to be their first roaster cafe combo. So it's going to be about a half a block from Dancing Gnome. So if you've been to Dancing Gnome, they're on 9th and Main. If you just go up to like 10th and Main, uh, they're going to be next door to the Grand Canal Cafe and he's just waiting on health inspection. So if you peek in the window, the tile work, the bar, the espresso machine, the, um, you know, if, if you homebrew coffee at home, they have a whole gear set up on the wall. It's just gorgeous. And I'm really proud of those guys. So they'll have their Oakland cafe, their downtown cafe, and then a roaster cafe in Sharpsburg. Um, they're awesome. I, I love their espresso. If you're into Spro, I, uh, I feel like I'm very basic or very like, uh, not adventurous because I always get the same thing. I just get a shot of espresso or a double shot if I need a little bit more. Um, I also really love the guys at Espresso Amano and partly out of convenience, they're right across the street from where I work uh, and they're great dudes. They're also just very creative because all those dudes have awesome side hustles and shooting photography and music and they're in bands uh, and they like, they love to ride my moped. So I've let them like test ride my moped around town. Um, but yeah, I, I would just say like, if you want like particular shout outs, man, like Espresso Amano, Red Hawk, and the one coffee shop that I think in Pittsburgh is literally doing everything right, like they're flawless, is Kelvin. Uh, Kelvin is located right across the street from East End Brewing in Larimer. Okay. And they, that, I've gotten to know that team and their aesthetic and their vibe. Um, it's incredible. I feel you when you walk in, you feel like you're leaving Pittsburgh. And that can be a polarizing statement if, if you're, you're proud to be from the area. It's a very west coast california vibe everything is roasted pretty light um it's it's awesome if you haven't been i would recommend checking them out for a curbside pickup they're doing all kinds of awesome collaborations with local brands millie's ice cream dancing gnome they have djs they have um awesome like food pop-ups on the weekends floral pop-ups baby loves tacos pops up there on the weekends so it's it is like a coffee shop but it feels a little bit more like just this community space and um yeah, big big fan of what they're doing too. That sounds awesome. Now, Adam, as a coffee and just like as someone who loves coffee, you said that you really only get into like more espresso. But if you're brewing at home, how are you brewing? Are you doing a pour over, a French press? Do you have a weight? Like, are you weighing it out by bean? Are you grinding yourself? Like, what's your setup? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's a great question, and and it recently changed when we got a house. We have a little more space. I used to live in a studio apartment right above a bar, like New Amsterdam here in Lawrenceville. It was great, but it was just very small. So we had it was so small that we couldn't do drip coffee. We had to do stovetop, like the little mocha pot espresso, and then cut it with water. So every morning we just had americanos, just out of pure necessity. Right. Now that we have the house and we have a kitchen, um, yeah, I would say the only constraint really is time. Uh, most mornings, um, we're just running conventional drip. So I'll, I, I like to order beans from Ada and commonplace. Yeah. I know that those are not who I just mentioned, but like I go, I turn to others for espresso and, um, I feel like if you're just looking for a solid morning cup of coffee that you're going to run through drip, um, mm -hmm. man, the morning blend from uh, commonplace coffee is excellent. That's what I have and, in my cover right now. Are you serious? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I was all you, about like supporting local roasteries during COVID. So I was ordering online from them to keep them open. And now it's just like, oh, well, I've been running through a lot more coffee since I've been home. So why not keep ordering from all the local roasters and just like trying out their different blends? Sorry, all their different blends. So yeah, how places in my uh, 
in my cover right now. I love that. Yeah, you're literally supporting local coffee and the postal service, and you're getting it all shipped home. Yep. The uh, I was just gonna say, if you like the morning blend from Commonplace, give um, give yourself a try. It's um, <clears throat> it's called the Conversation Blend, and it's from Ada. It's A D D A. It's what's interesting about it is Ada is the only Pittsburgh-based coffee shop that works with Verve. I think Verve, I believe, is out of LA, but Verve does a exclusive roast just for Ada out of Pittsburgh, and um, it's excellent. It's a very, very nice medium roast blend that they're doing exclusive to them, and um, dude, it's great. I, I I actually had that this morning, um, but that's my setup is drip, uh, just on a conventional drip. I just grind, filter, boom. And then when I have time, I was mentioning that time was the only constraint on the weekends. I, I do have a pour over kit. I feel way too like bougie, hipster. My mustache is coming in nice. <laughs> um, but I do have a pour over kit that I love. Uh, and I actually got that from Ada. Uh, it's just like a little copper. It's from Hario. It's, um, you know, I, I'm definitely not as well versed in the science behind it. So it's all guess and check. But the beautiful thing about that is it's uh, never the same because <laughs> I'm probably measuring out my portions wrong. And my girlfriend helps me a lot, but we like to do the pour over thing on the weekends. Uh, otherwise, when we're just kind of racing to uh, start work, uh, we're just doing drip. The same way. I got my drip going during the week. And then on the weekends, I have a little more time I'm using my Chemex. So. Yeah, hell yeah. Same. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right on. <laughs> well, wait, was do you have something? No, I was just going to say, sorry. We, uh, we merged this from beer to burgers now to like a coffee oh, It's all good. It's all good because it's, uh, it's, everybody's getting the inside track on what's good in Pittsburgh. Okay. And I mean, that, and that's the point of having added him on because he's way more plugged into the city than I am. And he's way more plugged in than regular Adam is. So we have to bring on <laughs> Adam with two A's. That makes him, you know, extra Adam. <laughs> Double A. Double A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And I do love like repping the Pittsburgh like brands and the local game. And I love that Kelsey said she's getting stuff mailed to her house. And yeah, I would say that I know that that means a lot to them, especially right now. Mm -hmm. Any anybody in like food and bev right now would tell you like, hey, like thank you, like support local, get curbside, get delivery if you're not getting curbside, whatever you can to help them out. But um, you know, I. I love that Steve kicked me into that like food truck coffee direction because uh, we could probably I, end the episode. <laughs> That's it. That's all I, I do. Look, I may do a little bit of research and know my guests just a little bit before I bring them on. So, you know, I know how, what to ask and where to direct them. Hell yeah. Don't be surprised if we talk about the Ohio beer scene in the coming segment. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, but for now, let's jump back to the beers that we started this segment with. And we'll get some final thoughts. I, I know, you know, now that Kelsey and Adam have definitely had time to drink their beers, they might have a little more insight and thoughts on, you know, what they're having tonight. So go ahead, whoever wants to start. Adam, will you start as our guest? Yeah, no doubt. So wait, Steve, repeat the question. I'm sorry. You want, you want thoughts on the beer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just more now that you've been able to get some more of the test piece in, you know, I, I've seen you drink it. It's got a wonderful color that we've seen on, uh, I think I'll award Adam our best camera so far on Zoom. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely have the best camera quality. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, shout of out to all, all, all the guests we've had. Pretty much everybody else has been in home and, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you look like you're in a studio at the moment, and that kind of makes me feel bad because I don't even have a camera. <laughs> oh, dang. No, I, I'm just that, like, I, um, 
I'm just at like out of a co-working space yeah. and it's, it's late enough now in the evening that it's just me. Right. But um, yeah, man, this beer is excellent. I mean, fantastic aroma, super approachable, um, slightly hazy. I feel like, you know, when I talk to whether it's like Paul or Nick or, um, you know, any of the guys at Cinderlands, I, um, I love to give them feedback when I can. And I was recently talking with them about Squish, the pale ale. And I was just like, dude, I, um, you guys nailed it. Like for this to be your house pale and a style that is, I think gaining popularity and for folks who are not as, um, maybe into craft beer, you know, I've, I travel back and forth to like friends, weddings and events in Ohio and I've taken them some squish and I'm like, Hey man, I know you guys are slugging Milwaukee's best, but give this a try. Let me know what you think. Um, and they get down with it. And again, with test piece and with this whole single hop series, um, it's partly out of selfishness because I would love to better understand different hop strains and different hop characteristics. So I do turn to this series pretty regularly just for that reason, because I think I got like the Strata test piece, the Nelson Sauvant test piece, the Citra test piece, which is here. And I, um, I try to like think about it, you know, mm -hmm. just think about like what I'm drinking. And, um, and I'll admit this is my favorite, but it is the auto tune of beers. It's very uh, easy to add Citra and apply it to anything. It's found commonly around the United States. Yeah. But. Yeah. And pretty much any other uh, similar beer, like I'm thinking of uh, like uh, three Floyd's alpha King. That's like a real high up there. Uh, you know, a, a well-regarded I should say, but it's all Citra. And I believe pseudo Sue from Topping Goliath is pretty much all Citra. So yeah, it, you're right. It's the auto tune. It's the catch all, but yeah, it's because it's that drinkable. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, it's so good. So yeah, I know I talked a lot there, but that that's my thoughts. Yeah. I, I love it. I'm happy with it. Right on. Kelsey, how's uh, the double-edged sword? I'm really enjoying, um, you know, for a double IPA, I was expecting it to be like, all hops in my mouth, but it's not. It's like really smooth. It has a really great mouthfeel. It's kind of creamy. I was getting like a little citrusy, like tangerine situation at the start, which was really nice. Um, but it's just like a real easy drinker, which I'm actually surprised about. Um, I would definitely guess this again. So <laughs> right on. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember if I've actually had it or not, or if I'm just thinking of like another double IPA by them. So I, I can't comment. <laughs> and I will save you one for next time I see you. Oh, fantasy football draft party. So two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. I'll save one for you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, for the uh, Chandelier Island Brewing, the Raspberry Ginger Sour Ale, it, it was fine. Like I, I say a lot of times I'm not fans of sour beers on this show. But I mean, this one was fine. It wasn't too overly tart, but I was just missing that ginger flavor is all that, that was my only problem <laughs> yeah but yeah. yeah i love the love the glassware my man i love that you're repping the field by hops glassware ryan and those guys have been doing some awesome uh some gear that's sweet dude yeah uh i either rep fueled by hops or first set brew box in my glassware on this show so <laughs> nice i love it I, I will say i think it's saturday they're releasing a shirt uh mm. fueled by hops is and you pick it up because somebody might have had a hand in designing it oh can't see me pointing it but pointing at myself but yeah <laughs> that's awesome congrats yeah. man that's sweet awesome. yeah 
And then there's also our own shirts that you can find on T Public. Please also buy those. <laughs> right on. But uh, all right, well, we're going to take a little break. We're going to reload with our second beers, and we're going to come back and talk more with Adam and learn, like I said, a little bit about the Ohio beer scene and all kinds of other things. Who knows what we'll talk about? But we'll get there. Be back in a minute. First Sip Brew Box is a -a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. Welcome back to episode 168 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and I'm still here, joined by this week's co-host, Kelsey. Hello. And our special guest, Adam Sorma from Very Local PGH. What's up, guys? So, we're in segment two, and that means some of us have gotten a second beer, but, you know, we're, we're not peer pressure broadcast. We don't you know, push people to get a second beer. <laughs> but uh, Adam, I assume you picked one up. So yeah, the- yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to share. Yeah. And like, I was going to say, I know that Kelsey started the uh, episode with the double IPA. So like, no, like peer pressure there. Cause that's no. a big, <laughs> and it would like rock me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some people, some people drink big and then some people just have a couple through the nights. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of that, like I, I opted for a lower ABV, uh, smaller guy. This is the, uh, fruit rush. It's from Ooh. Hitchhiker. I don't know. Have you guys seen it? I've seen it, but I haven't had it. Yeah. Same. So I'm just going to read the label because it's kind of long. So it says smoothie, sour shandy with blueberry, watermelon, and lemonade. Uh, honestly, it's delicious. Uh, so I, I, like full disclosure, I had one um, like yesterday. So I've had this before. Um, what struck me about it. So I, I love what Andy is doing at Hitchhiker. I think he's brilliant and I really, really admire all of the stuff he does. Um, I was expecting this to be sweeter. It's actually more sour than it is sweet. So if that's helpful, when I saw Shandy, I thought, Oh, like I'm from Ohio. I've had summer Shandy. Like this is going to be like a Shandy beer. It, it's really good. Um, and it's, I love that it's only at 4.8% alcohol. So it's, uh, it's a nice, like, you know, smooth, crushable beer. But yeah, man, it has, it, it stays on your tongue. It has a really like tart finish. You kind of feel it on your teeth. I, I, I'm down with it. I, uh, I like it a lot. I, um, I, dude, it's so funny. I posted about it just like on my Instagram story and a friend of mine from my hometown actually hit me up and was like, Hey man, like, is that available in Canton, Ohio? And I was like, Hey man, like, I love you, but no, it's, it's definitely <laughs> not. And I'll try to ship you some, but like, you know, I will just like, you know, he didn't understand that it. it's not fully right. out like wide distribution, but yeah, yeah, man, this is great. I, um, I normally, to be honest with you, I normally go to Hitchhiker for their IPAs because I think they do stellar IPAs, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, this whole like smoothie sour thing is great, and uh, and I'm sure it'll sell well because it's super flavorful. And I don't know if you guys can see just the color on it, but it's got a nice purple Ooh. hue. Ooh, beautiful! Sort of like a maroon purple, yeah. kind of thick, kind of opaque. But yeah, man, it's super fruity. And I would say out of those flavors, blueberry, watermelon, lemonade, blueberry is definitely dominant. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's solid. 
Right. Yeah, that's one of the nice things about Hitchhiker is they're kind of like they, they have something for everybody. Like you said, you, 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 you go to them mostly for their IPAs. I go to them mostly for their dark beers. Yeah, like, like, you know, they put some pretty, you know, good pastry stouts out as well as, uh, but I, I found I started enjoying their next to normal series, which was that coffee sour series that they put out. So, yeah, they got something for everybody. And then you'll find some stuff that you're surprised about, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the something for everybody is a great way to, like, get it down to one tweet. Yeah, that is, they do that really well, for mm-hmm. sure. For myself, though, I am going to actually join Kelsey on Team Grist House. I have this evening the Utterly Bananas. Oh, nice, dude. Nice. The, uh, the, the combination uh, Turner's Chocolate Milk, Bananas, and Grist House Porter that came together into a 7.5 ABV, just fatty boy yum yum treat. <laughs> Talk about that beer, Steve, because I'm so sad that I missed it. I have one left, Kelsey. Oh. <laughs> it's almost like I can save that for the fantasy football draft. <laughs> and you can give me some double-edged sword, and you can get some utterly bananas. How convenient. <laughs> also, also uh, regular 1A Adam has a bunch, too, so you might be able to buy one off of him if you want. I'm sure I have something else down in the beer fridge that I could maybe tempt him with a little trade. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying you have options. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is really delicious. If you've had anything else from their Utterly series with Chris House teaming up with Turner's and putting out these chocolate milk, you know, just just delicious pastry stouts. It's all they are. <laughs> Match made in heaven. It's like the perfect yinzer marriage of mm-hmm. and Chris House. Yeah, man. And dude, Steve, what a gorgeous can label. I'm just admiring the artwork on there. I think for for the purpose of social media, as, as a guy who works in social, that's prime for social. That's that's lovely, dude. How does it taste? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it is fantastic. Like, you know, I, I bought a four-pack, and this is my third of the four, so I've been going through them a little bit. But, yeah, it's it, like you really – the one thing that stands out is the fact that you actually get good banana flavor through it. So it's not like the artificial uh, runts banana flavor. It tastes kind of like a deep chocolatey, uh, almost banana bread. So, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty excellent. <laughs> uh, I don't know how, I don't know when they're going to repeat on the, on this series. Uh, Cause so far they've done the strawberry, the cookies, the s'mores, and this is the fourth one in this series. So I don't know when they're going to, start repeating if they ever will but i wish they would because i didn't get any of the strawberry one i wanted that one (laughs) yeah so that looks great yeah man that's wow it's so good to see like a like a dark beer on your i i feel like as we record and continue tonight you'll just see more like lighter stuff but that's fine you said said that's 7.5 steve yeah because it's it's a porter usually uh the other ones they've done were stouts and i believe the stouts were eight to ten in that area yeah for some reason i remember i remember the s'mores one being 10 so yeah okay. that's a big boy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because i had the s'mores one when we went to sam's birthday at uh Christelle's kelsey oh yeah yes, yeah yes. sam had his birthday down at Christelle's. so but yeah so yeah that's what we're drinking now and kelsey is still working on her double-edged sword so we're gonna move right on 
and we're going to talk, find out a little bit more about Adam. Um, I don't know if you mentioned this, Adam, when you were on uh, the first time. I know that you talked about uh, living in Ohio and coming from Ohio, uh, but I know you've said this elsewhere in that Jackie O's was your first kind of foray into the craft beer world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know you, I can't remember if you said it on our show, but I know you said it elsewhere. But you know, Jackie O's was kind of the first brewery to get you into craft beer. Have you run into anything uh, either recently or you know just in that in between time since what is it almost a hundred episodes ago that uh, that like really sticks out in Ohio? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a great question. I yeah, I I was recently on like a Q and A with the guys from Brewers and PA. And I know when we were offline, we were talking about Brewers and PA and, uh, and some of the work they're doing. And they had asked me that question, and I was like, definitely Jackio's. But the funny thing is, in the past, people have asked me, like, what was your first, like, craft beer? I think I actually told them about having Bells, and that may have been with you guys and with Hop Nation. Because I, it was at the same time, just in college, a lot of the guys mm-hmm. in Ohio would get Michigan beers, like Bells. But then we had Jackio's right there. But... Yeah, to answer your question, man, like I, I before like pre-COVID, I guess what we're now calling BC before COVID. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was traveling home to like weddings and to visit family. And um, if you take like I love Jackios, and with all due respect to them, um, the two other breweries that I think I'd probably shout out that I visited, drank at, and like been like, yo, this is awesome. One was up in Akron, Ohio, and they're called Arche. Have you guys heard of Arche? Uh, actually, no. So run by a guy. It's just R, like capital R dot Shea, S-H-E-A. Okay. Uh, I, I forget his first name, but he goes by Arche. He's the owner and head brewer, Arche. He had a location in Akron. Uh, he expanded, and I think it's now in like – or sorry, it was in Cuyahoga Falls. Then it moved into Akron, and he's now doing, um, you know, a little bit of a bigger bigger batch size and bigger brewery. But um, – yeah, I had his, uh, he had like a kettle sour. It was basically like a Berliner Weiss. And I was home during like Christmas and the holidays visiting friends from my hometown. And they were like, dude, like you like beer. We want to take you to Arche. And everything I tried was great. I started with like a flight to try to mix it up with some dark stuff and some light stuff, an IPA and a sour. And then when it was time to order like a full beer, I was like, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I messed with this sour. It was, it was awesome. Um, and their staff was great. And I actually, I'm pretty sure I, I rep a lot of like Pittsburgh swag. I got wearing my surf Pittsburgh shirt. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> and I think that night we were out and it was like winter, but I was wearing a dancing gnome hat and somebody saw it and was like, Hey man, like, have you been there? And I'm like, yeah, like I, you know, I live in Pittsburgh and, um, and it just struck up a nice conversation. But yeah, I would say like to answer your question, Steve, Arche and the Akron, Chicago Falls area was an awesome experience. And I'm super happy to see them you know, doing their thing. And the second one happened completely by chance because I suck at directions and I was uh, driving back from Ohio to Pittsburgh, but from Columbus and managed to get lost, which is very odd because it's one road. It's I-70. It's just, it connects the two. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I guess what this one might be? Uh, do you want to take a guess? Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking. Did you find your way to Hightower? Oh, fuck. Dude, the high tower is awesome. I know. I, I yes, oh, okay. go there. I really want to go there. And I just I know see, a lot of people talk about high tower. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's a that's a fantastic guess. I um oh man, I I hope to get there someday. I love when the folks in the Fueled by Hops group shout out High Tower because 
it's in like Rayland, Ohio. It's like a small town, mm-hmm. like super East Ohio, like yeah, yeah. WV. But the brewery that I ran into was on a dirt road and it was actually hoof hearted. You know, oh, dude. Yeah, that's a good that's a good accidental stumble on. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of it, Kelsey? Yeah, I have. So like I was like, holy shit, like we're lost. Uh, we're on a dirt road. We're uh, clearly not on I-70. We're not even in a city. We're just in rural eastern Ohio. And it was uh, I saw a sign. And it was like, oh, you're in like Marengo. I was like, oh, that's cool. Marengo, that sounds pretty cool. And I remember it. I was like, you know, I saw something about Marengo because I was like at a beer festival and it had like the brewery name in the city and it was Marengo. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Hoof Heart has a brewery out here. So we're driving along and I'm like, oh my God, like it's right there. And it has like, all the weird, like the artwork and like the Beavis and Butthead theme and like all the, the various sort of like brand elements of Hoof Hearted. And so we pull up and it's noon. So they're about to open. So they open the tap room. This is like in January and we go in and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in like paradise. And I was like, Hey, uh, yeah, I, I love you guys. <laughs> like I'm a fan. Like I, I can't believe I just stumbled upon this. And the first person I texted was Andrew from dancing note. And I was like, Hey man, um, got lost driving back to Pittsburgh from Columbus, ended up at hoof hearted. And he was like, how does that even happen? Like, how do you end up there? And I was like, yeah, man, like very random, uh, sporadic. Do you want anything? And he was like, nah, I'm good, but like enjoy. And so we ended up having a few beers and brought back some four packs for our neighbors who are also into beer here in Pittsburgh. And they were like, oh my God, like you got hoof hearted. So I'd say, yeah, Arche in Akron and Hoofhearted in, in Marengo. Although most folks, I think, that visit Hoofhearted probably just go to their tap room in Columbus, but they have this like farm brewery concept with a pond and like a bunch of artwork uh, in Eastern Ohio. And uh, mm-hmm. dude, it was stellar. I, I remember having a, a couple of double IPAs, shout out to Kelsey, and like just like being like, yep, we're going to wait it out and we'll be here for a bit so I can get us back. <laughs> yeah that's a that's a real great stumble upon that's amazing it's crazy man i'm trying to think if i had what the last beer i had was from me uh, you know what it might have been there like everybody wants some double I, it might have been a double ipa <laughs> what from that person what did this happen <laughs> hey uh, if you can get hood fired you just kind of take whatever you can get especially if you're in pittsburgh yeah like even though that's not too far of a drive, really, it's still just like, uh, I don't want to, you have to leave all the breweries that are here and all the beer shops that are here to go there. So unless you're, you know, on your way to Columbus for a reason, it's hard to justify that. But yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it was awesome, man. I, I, I just like, it stood out to me as like the most sporadic, random, spontaneous thing that ever happened in my life to get lost and end up at a brewery that I've always wanted to visit. And, uh, and just sticking around for a couple hours and, and it was open. So it was nice that the staff was there and they weren't busy. I don't want to be like an asshole and be like, Hey man, like, let me tell you how much I love you. But like I did. And like, they were had the time to like listen and like chat with us. And, um, you know, we got some like different swag and gear and just like tell them like, thank you and keep up the good work. And I know that they're still keeping, keeping strong through COVID, but, mm-hmm. um, and it's, a fart joke which like is right. it amazing yeah <laughs> yeah how do you not like the name the can arts they all put out like they have like real funny can art they have good you know beer names and the beer itself is good so people oh, yeah. want that want that to stay all right so uh last time we did talk to you 
you were driving for Porter Brewery tours and you were doing tours obviously around Pittsburgh along the different, uh, you know, ale trail routes that were set up. Uh, obviously since COVID that can't really be possible right now. Uh, are you still uh, like, are you guys still exploring bringing Porter back after things are, I don't know. I, yeah. Who knows? It's like, it's so amorphous to even try to judge when things are quote unquote over, but yeah. Uh, do you guys have plans on bringing Porter back? Uh, at, at this time? No. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's a good question because we get this question a lot just over email and folks who have like gift cards they want to redeem. So right before BC, right before COVID, we had talked as a team about, um, you know, where we would see it going and what we wanted to do. And, and my colleague Hank at Porter, he moved to Cleveland, which is great. Uh, his wife got a new job and they moved and they're in Cleveland, Ohio. And then uh, Andy wanted to focus on other stuff. Johnny wanted to focus on other stuff, Rachel as well. So that really just left me. And I, I love the brand. I love what we built and I love doing the beer tour. But when I realized, um, you know, it wasn't maybe like the most sustainable fit for like the long term. I mean, it was super fun and like the best side hustle ever. Um, we kind of agreed to sort of right around fresh fest 2019 so literally we're talking like almost exactly a year ago we had this conversation around like maybe ending porter and then we we get into winter which is our slow season so we're chilling and then COVID hits and we're like yeah it's kind of definitely over so so yeah porter's over um we ended up selling the buses and we ended up just like giving up the the business license and all that but dude it was an awesome three years and uh it, it, it's definitely like it strikes me as a huge part of my identity and a huge part of what I do here in Pittsburgh comes from that element. But yeah, we're, we refunded all the gift cards. We refunded mm-hmm. everyone and uh, ended up, I think there is still like a landing page. If you go to the website, which is just like porter.tours, you'll probably see a photo of something, but um, no, no more tours. Yeah. 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 Just, just curious. But you know, as you're saying, like you've kind of made this wonderful transition from Porter's to very local PGH before you were giving physical tours. Now you just kind of give virtual tours through your writing. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still, you know, a great advocacy for the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, like in another parallel universe, I'd love to have you and Kelsey and everyone on tours and it's, and I wouldn't shut the door on like the future of whatever that may hold. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be honest with you, the, the Porter name, we could still revive in some element. Um, I, I'm just not exactly sure like how or in what shape that would, that would manifest because like I flirted with the idea of like bartending and I flirted with the idea of just being a tour guide at like one spot or two spots. And, um, and I still am on the staff at Bar Marco in the strip district. So at Bar Marco, we'd mostly just do wine and cocktail, but I've always had, um, an interest in bartending and with COVID I'm definitely not working right now, but, um, I've told the staff there, Hey, when we're ready to like revive our events, I would mostly just bartend weddings, birthdays and corporate happy hours. And it was like super awesome to just have a very like limited set run menu. We would just bang through the list of whatever the guests wanted. Um, and I'll, I'll keep that going for sure. But as far as beer stuff, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I miss it a lot. I, it was definitely like, we refer to like that as like the, the simpler times and the good <laughs> old days. Cause, uh, 
I still like, I go by all those breweries all the time. And I'm like, oh, I remember pulling up in the bus there. Um, speaking of Bar Marco, this is going to be a super local Pittsburgh only question. So sorry, listeners and watchers. <laughs> Will you ever see Bar Marco expanding into the beer realm? Like more of like a farmhouse sale or like larger bottle style, like limited run beers from breweries? Um, or do you think that they are more wine and cocktail focused? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So I don't want to speak for the leadership there, but I would say their strong suit is certainly natural wine and cocktail. Oh, that's um, exactly why I go to Bar Marco is for their natural natural wine. And I can give them a spirit and tell them what kind of mood I'm in. And they serve me exactly the cocktail that I'm looking for. <laughs> you may have been served by Jason, the big, beard oh, yeah. yeah he's awesome him and shelby who was just um nominated for like bartender of the year in pittsburgh from city paper was which was awesome to see i um yeah to answer your question i would say probably no um so often let, let's say like you or steve or somebody wants to throw an event and then the first question we ask is all right awesome like let's get your like space setup decorations and the guests and then like what do you want for dinner and drinks and you can pick you know, from a list and we'll curate that. Mm -hmm. And if a guest says beer, it's a pretty basic beer list that we can pull from. And it's definitely not draft. It's going to be cans and bottles mm -hmm. that we'll source and we'll put it together to parallel with your dinner and have an event. But yeah, I, um, I would say they play to their strong suits. When we went through cocktail training, what stood out to me was how many folks are on that team that have some level of sommelier certification mm -hmm which is amazing. Like we have like a, several level ones, a couple of level twos. Uh, I don't know if we have any master level sommeliers, but like their wine knowledge is incredible down to like the soil and the roots and the, and the grapes and the region and the weather that year. So if you're into that, that's the spot to go. But for beer, I would say probably you won't see super like thoughtful built out beer menus like you might at other spots. Um, like Lorelei or like the commoner or something like that. But, um, but yeah, they're probably going to play to their strong suit in wine and cocktail and yeah. happen to have a beer or two. For <laughs> need that. I'm not sure. I figured I'd ask them, but I think, you know, they're, like you said, playing to their strong suit, which is wine cocktail. And you said it exactly like Lorelei and commoner, like their curated beer menu. It's spot on all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. No, but I, I appreciate the question. Yeah, because I, I love those guys, and they've they've influenced such like huge parts of my life for like as far as like empathy and thinking about people, and when you're working with working with guests. But yeah, they um, I I see them coming out of this, leaning into wine and cocktail, and rolling with that trend because I think I, I don't know that they're like a trailblazer, but like a couple of weeks ago, Apteca uh, up in Bloomfield is now opening a natural wine shop, which is amazing because they were just doing vegan Polish food. And now because of COVID, they're not able to keep up with the food stuff. So they're like, you know, what if we open an in-house natural wine bottle shop? So you can go walk up to like the storefront and get natural wine by the bottle. Um, and they post about it on their social and it's like really thoughtfully done and really well done. And they're, I would see them doing something like what you said before, Bar Marco, because um, I'm, I'm sure you guys saw in City Paper, but like Apteca is now serving Kvass, and Kvass is a like 
Norwegian or Icelandic or sorry, Scandinavian fermented beverage that is non-alcoholic, but it's mm -hmm. like got that like fermentation quality to it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, I would love to try it for sure. Huh. Yeah, I, I've heard of it before. I thought I also thought it was also found in like uh, Russia and like Eastern Bloc, but that that might be kind of that uh, Norway Russia kind of touch or Finland. I think it's Finland that touches Russia. So I think you're might, exactly they, right. Yeah, so they they might share that across border, but yeah. So all right, let's talk mixology though. Uh, do you have a favorite drink to make, or what is your best drink that you make? Oh man. So it's probably going to be two different drinks because it's been hot out. I'm talking to you guys in August. It's like late August. Uh, dude, what I'm craving right now is definitely a spritz. And you can interpret that any way you want. If you like Aperol spritz or if you like something more like a Negroni or like a Campari with like a spritz element to it. Uh, Tina's does amazing spritz drinks. So does Lorelei. Uh, anything in that realm I'm, I'm drinking, but I'm not probably making because I probably can't do it as well. Um, there is a drink that, uh, well, there are two drinks that I can make well, uh, and one is one that everyone can make, and that's an old-fashioned because it's not hard. It's like hell yeah. Ingredients. There's uh, also like 50 variations of it, so you can't, you can't fuck it up, but yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's pretty straightforward, but um, I love making that. I love when guests ask for it. I love when guests are in the mood for it, and they want to talk to me about bourbon or any of that. That's, that's cool. But the one drink that we have on the menu that um, at Bar Marco for events that I love to make, uh, it's written on the menu as uh, VFNTS. I'm not sure if you guys have seen VFNTS, but VFNTS stands for Vodka Fruity Not Too Sweet. And I love because <laughs> it is exactly that. And I know I'm sitting here or I'm standing here drinking like a sour right now, but the Vodka Fruity Not Too Sweet can take many shapes and can be mixed in many ways and it's hard to mess up and if you make a mistake you can kind of mask it but like i i love when folks are doing like a birthday or a special occasion or an event and we'll throw vfntas on there and i'm like oh hell yeah because then it's like i get to kind of like have fun and also kind of gauge how the guests are doing and where they're at you know drinking wise um and it's one that i love before shift we'll usually try what's on so we can honestly give recommendation so I, I kind of know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. so i usually turn to that and it's definitely more in the spring summer realm but the vodka fruity not too sweet is super fun to make uh easy portion sizes it's cut with ice and it's a little bit of like a little top of soda dude it's great i love that drink it's, it sounds like uh the improv comedy of drinks <laughs> in that like it, ha it has a base form but you can put your own flair into it as you need <laughs> right you can judge your audience who's drinking yeah Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And if somebody's, you know, had a lot to drink and we can just maybe top it off a little more soda and like help them kind of hydrate a bit. But dude, it's, it's a it's a great drink to make. And I uh, people always like look at it and they're like, oh, I wonder what this stands for. Like, is that someone's initials? Like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, no, it's just vodka fruity, not too sweet. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's just having the drink. I'm still wonder what this stands for. And it's like, that was the drink. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've been craving a VFS lately which is vodka fruity spicy i've been really wanting like a, a vodka pineapple jalapeno drink lately oh. i don't know why it's just like been in my thought train it's a haunting mm. thought <laughs> i don't know why is there a spot that you might go for that i mean I no. wonder, have, you, have you had it before or? i've had it before but it's just like it's it's 
like never been on a menu that I've seen. It's just something like, and I was watching some cooking show or something, and they made they made that, but in a margarita. Oh, yeah. Like I don't like I don't like tequila, so I want a vodka version. <laughs> yeah, would you do like a just a pure like a straight vodka, or would you do like more of a jalapeno infused vodka? For- I could do it that way. Yeah, I would be down to do it that way. But just like a just a real base plain vodka, or a you know a jalapeno infused vodka with a like a splash of pineapple juice. Man, oh man! Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. all those ingredients in two weeks when you come over for the draft party. <laughs> Just <laughs> saying. We'll probably make that happen. I okay. know whose house is that. <laughs> I'll bring the jalapenos. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Good luck. Well, let me know how that goes too, because I um I appreciate like a good infused drink. I know there's like thought and time that goes mm-hmm. into that. So yeah, that's awesome. So Adam, just to circle back to something you said earlier about um when you were in a new brewery or maybe somewhere, yeah, a new brewery in Ohio. You were talking about getting a flight of beers. Can you talk us through like why I love getting flights of beers in new breweries, but I don't want to hear kind of your rationale um, for why you're a big proponent of getting a flight somewhere new. And, oh, and, and I'll just tack onto that. And what's your process? How, how do you drink? Do you start like IPAs and then go to stouts or do you start light to dark? You know, how do you go? Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. And I feel like, um, Man, I feel like if you ask this to different people, you would definitely get a different response. Um, yeah, yeah, it really is an open-ended one. I like that. It was good, good prompt, Kelsey. Good one. <laughs> yeah, good thinking. So I guess from like a very um, like base level, you could go. Um, you could just go color, right? You could just go light to dark, and regardless of flavor, you could go flavor or aroma, and go uh, from a sort of less. Um, you know, pronounced up to like a very like utterly or this or something like very, very pronounced or in uh, ABV, you could even just go in strength to go like small beer, to like big beer. For me personally, I kind of look at it and think like, which of these do I want the full pour? So when I was at Arshay in Cuyahoga Falls in Akron, Ohio, um, you know, I, I tried to, there were a couple IPAs in there that I mixed in because I was like, these are going to be good. And I, I want to see kind of what they're doing in that realm. There was the uh, kettle sour or the Berliner Weiss that I was like, all right, this is this sounds awesome, and I'm kind of in the mood for it. Um, and it's also like lower alcohol. But I remember when we ran in Porter and we would go to breweries, and uh, you know, every every guest was entitled to like the ride and a flight at every stop. So every stop included a sample flight of three or four small beers, and um, we tried to differentiate our brand by letting guests choose. So like if you go into like 11th hour or strange roots, like they usually have a a couple of predetermined methods for building a flight, usually off of like taste, aroma, uh, color or strength. But um, we would let our guests choose. And the funny thing was some of the guests for their flight would just pick what they like and then get that three times. (laughs) So it would just be like a beer, (laughs) like this, uh, which is totally cool. I mean, if you know what you like, go for it. But, yeah, I would say to answer your question, man, like um, I would probably look at it from the perspective of taste and aroma because I'm not as worried about strength and I'm not as worried about color and the appearance of the beer. I'm more kind of thinking about um, if it's a four, four and a half ounce pour and I'm not committing to a full beer, I can get experimental and I might as well try something outside of my comfort zone. Um, 
And that's kind of how I would take it to say, all right, cool. Let me, let me just like look through the whole thing and then index out the ones that I'm like, any of these could be the full beer and try those. Uh, and usually try to order it based off of, um, you know, light to heavy or sort of like non-aromatic lagers and colches up to like a big old pastry stout or like a sour boy, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd agree with that. Especially start, starting with like the colches and lagers, work your way to IPAs and absolutely end with anything barrel aged or barley wine. <laughs> yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah cool. that, that, was, that was a good question. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that. Cool. Well, let's jump back to the beers that we started the segment with. And Adam, you're drinking this uh, many-worded hitchhiker smoothie sour with many fruits. The Fruit Rush smoothie sour shandy with blueberry, watermelon, and lemonade. Do you think it was? Do you think it was country time? Did Andy put country time in that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's really good, dude. I uh, I was excited about it when I saw. I, I like. I'm on their like email list, and I saw them like email whatever. I think it drops like every Tuesday. They're like coming this week, Fruit Rush, and I was like, Yo, this actually, this, this kind of slaps. I, I want to try this out. Yeah, it was good, and I knew that I could share it with like my girlfriend, and I knew that like friends could have it. Um, yeah, and I just I, like I said, I go to Hitchhiker mostly for their IPAs because I think they're great. Um, they're not always the softest; they have a bite. But for this one, I was just like, "Yeah, man!" Like people have been raving about smoothie sours. I had recently written um, in Very Local about Cellar Works and their Fruit Whip and how much that's just completely like changed the game for that whole team and that staff, and then they're expanding now. And um, I was like, "Well, maybe shit if it's tis the season, right? We're in." We're in COVID and it's summer and we're all home. Might as well just have a smoothie sour. So I, I kind of went for it. Oh, I get it. Yeah, the uh, Cellar Works, I had their peach fruit whip. like or It was like a smoothie sour, but I had their peach smoothie sour last year at Fresh Fest. And that was one of the most amazing like sours that I've had. And I, I can only imagine if that's just, you know, the progression of that sour program. That's really great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get enough of them. It's hard, yeah. They're hard to find for me. <laughs> they sell out super quick too. Yeah, it's a, it's a far drive and it's hard it's hard to find. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've had any of their beer. I'm gonna have to change that ASAP. It's not uh, like I said. They're not always the easiest to find. Most of the time, I've had them at beer fests, but we're not doing those. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. If you can get to them, they're great. Uh, Utterly Bananas is still Utterly Bananas. It's still great. So it's a a good beer, and it's a continuation of the series. If you like, uh, you know, dark, dark beers, this is for you. Even though it's not that 10% heavy hitter, it has that uh, roastiness that you would find on a porter. But also, again, it has that deep, rich chocolate and banana flavor. And that's how it just kind of comes out to like a banana bread. So, So, yeah, it's... It's really good, but it's not um, it's not like that uh the Wells banana bread beer that everybody knows. Oh yeah, that that that's very very sweet. It like this is sweet, but it's not like candy sweet. So just just to make that comparison. <laughs> but yeah, uh, with that we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna get another beer if you want to, and we'll come back segment three. And I have a little game for everybody to play. So we'll see you then. 
Welcome back to episode 168 of the Hawk Nation USA podcast. It's segment three, and we're still here with my co-host for the evening, Kelsey. Hello. And our guest for the evening, Adam Sorma from Very Local PGH. Hey. Hello. <laughs> did you get a third beer this uh, segment, Adam? Uh, I did, yeah. I wasn't sure if Kelsey did as well, but I, I, I picked up the uh, Couch F1. Right on. Have you got you guys have had this right? Uh, yeah, we featured that on episode one sixty with Couch. So Hell yeah. we, we we did their entire F one, F two, F three slot car series. So yeah, right. we featured all those beers on that episode. I have not had that beer yet, but I'm looking forward to a good review. Yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, I I have had this in the fridge for a while, um, and yeah, I I'm excited to try it. Yeah, I. I got a mixed four pack, so it was like, oh, here's the remaining, you know, beer from that. Um, yep, I am also opening another beer, but it's not beer. Twist, plot twist. I'm gonna be having one of the seltzer drips from Grist House. So it's their fruited hard seltzer uh, in the strawberry guava flavor. Right on. Yeah, yeah. That sounds awesome, Kelsey. Yeah gonna be pretty good i don't have too many left so it's, <laughs> it's delicious um it tastes like straight up juice and it doesn't taste like alcohol at all and it's pretty refreshing uh especially for summer. so nice job grist house yeah I, I i i like the idea of a grist house seltzer i'm sure it's good but it's just one of those situations where if i'm going to spend money at grist house it's obviously going to be always something else like the Utterly Bananas or one of their big IPAs. Right. Or if I know the dessert sour is good, I'll get one of those. It's just all, it's just all I can't bring myself to. <laughs> uh, myself, though, I'm drinking the Abjuration Vanilla Oak Aged uh, Bourbon or, yeah, Vanilla Oak Aged uh, Belgian. I wanted to call it bourbon. We were talking about something about bourbon before we started the segment, but yeah, uh, it is a 15%. That's why it comes in the little Grenado can. And this one's been aging in my fridge for, I don't know how long, at least nine months or so. I just found it and I'm like, Oh, that's probably really good right now. And really smooth. Uh, I haven't actually drank it yet, but I'll let you know. And uh, as I slur through the end of the show, you'll figure it out how good it is. <laughs> wow. You went on the ABV front, Steve. That is, that's a 15 percenter. Dude, it is so good. Like it's, it's the beer that made me fall in love with abjuration because they featured it like even before they had a space or anything, they featured it at a beers of the Berg. And I think it was me and single A Adam and we were in line and like we had the, we had this beer and it was so rich and full of like vanilla and barrel flavor and it didn't have hardly any alcohol burn for being 15%. Like we literally, we literally ran down all our other friends that were there. Like, uh, like Sam and Chris were there, Kelsey, you know them, nobody else knows them, but like, yeah, we ran down all of our other friends and were like, you have to try this brewery because they were all, you know, fucking around like, oh, it's time for dancing though. It's time for a hitchhiker. It's like, yeah, okay, we know them, but you have to try these guys. These guys are killing, killing it with this. So, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cute little can too. Is that like a little 10 ounce can? Uh, it's even smaller. I think it's eight. 
So oh, yeah, wow. it's, it's a little eight ounce can, but like, I, I'm trying to remember the last time they put this out. It might've been f- in December for their anniversary. Got it. So yeah, but it's been, it's been sitting in there for about nine months aging and getting better. <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. Shout out to like those random fridge finds. Yeah. I, um, I was really pushing myself before the show tonight to have three different beers because I know I started with that Cinderland's test piece and I was gushing to you guys about how much I love that series and then that beer. And I do have more of it. I said, no, 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 be smart, like diversify, like get something else. So I was like digging back and I found this couch beer that I, I, that I, it was, I bought it several weeks ago and, and Steve mentioned having it on a prior episode. So I'm, I'm back on, you know, mm-hmm. F1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a good beer. You should enjoy it, but I don't want to spoil it for you though. <laughs> yeah, that's no, great. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, so it's segment three and I have a little game and I'm stealing a game from single A Adam. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how much of a sports fan you are, double A Adam, but I, I believe it's from the show PTI and the game is called Word. And I'll give you a prompt, and then you just finish that prompt with the word that comes to mind. All right. And then, and then you can kind of further explain. Uh, but this is not going to be sports-themed for the most part. It's going to be beer-themed. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you a prompt, and you just kind of finish it with the first word that comes to mind. And then you can further explain as you want. But, uh, Kelsey, I know I assume you're all in on this. You understand what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's, there's got to be at least one sports person on the show for this to, for this to really it. work. Got it. Yeah. Usually it's Adam torturing me with it, and I don't like I don't watch sports, so. Oh really? Yeah. Or, or the or here, I'll just be quiet and I'll, I'll let you go. But are they going to be sports prompts or beer prompts? No, no, they're going to be beer prompts. Gotcha. There's only there's only one prompt that is both sports and beer. So you can you can think about it and you know pass if you really want to. Um, <laughs> but I'll definitely start with a beer prompt. It is blank that Stone is suing everyone with the word Stone in their brewery or bar name. So it is blank that Stone is doing that. Uh, I would fill that blank in with self-centered. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Is that okay? I feel like it's a little self-centered because like, I know that like a PA brewery called Stoney's was also wrapped up in legal stuff with them over stone versus stony. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, uh, like it's beer. Like it's such a fun beverage. Like, wouldn't we want to have fun and not um, have these issues come up? Right. Like, so I, I would call it a little bit self-centered or maybe egotistical. Yeah. yeah. Kelsey. I know this, you know, you, you have the possibility of being sued yourself with the last name Stone. So I do, I do. <laughs> I call it unfortunate um, that, you know, that's a possibility. Like if I decide one day down the road to open a brewery with my last name in it, like what am I going to do? Because, you know, I can't <laughs> potentially. Yeah. 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 And like if I do get sued for opening something else with my last name, like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah 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 that's pretty unfortunate that's why i threw that one in there though because it's like oh kelsey can you get sued by stone is is greg gonna come for you in your name oh great question um, i'll keep everyone posted if he does <laughs> uh yeah i would agree with uh what adam said that it's like egotistical um 
th- there's also a level because this is all wrapped up in the the suit they brought against Keystone. Oh. And, and then after they brought that suit up with Keystone, well, then they can't just. It, it's like opening Pandora's box. You know, once you sue one person with Stone in a branding name, then you have to sue everybody, or else it seems like you're just targeting a major brand. Uh, a major brand. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is both egotistical and like it, it comes off as really stupid because, as you were saying, Adam, Stonies, which is all the way out here in PA, mm-hmm. like they they, aside from the fact that Stone distributes out here, they don't have much interaction. Yeah, yeah, it, it's or, two different. I think it's almost a different audience. You know, like like Stonies leans in hard into what they do with the. I think it's it's like a logger that they do right. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like. Yeah, Stoney's is a logger, and their audience—they're basically trying to be a Bud Light replacement. Totally, I totally, think. man. It's the a way great I beer to, dude. Like mow your lawn, have a barbecue, have a mm-hmm. Stoney's. Like it's just a—I just feel like why would Stone dip into that realm? I don't know. I, it's just beyond me. It's not how I would handle it, but I'm not, you know, Stone. Yeah, I—I I think person personally, it, it reads to me as like we've opened this door. So now we just have to sue everybody to make it look fair, but it makes you look more of an asshole because a lot of the brands that they're picking on now are much smaller. And like, why, why are you trying to hurt small business? I, we thought this was about taking on a big brand yeah. that was, you know, trying to take advantage of craft beer, but now it's just craft beer hurting craft beer. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I like Kelsey's unfortunate because, yeah, at the end of it, you're like you're sitting there with these legal documents or a cease and desist or whatever it might come to, and you're just like, damn, this is kind of unfortunate, you know? Yeah. All right. Bummer. So that, that was kind of a bummer one, but I'll move on to a better one now. <laughs> uh, the fact that Bush is making beer for dogs is blank. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Yes, really. Oh. We could talk more about what they're actually making, but I just want to get the initial reaction off the sentence. Wow. Uh, so I, I guess I would fill that with interesting because I didn't know. And B, I'm definitely not like a dog expert. Um, I've, you know, I, I, I love Grist House and like dogs. If, if there's a little bit of a beer spill, they'll like lap it up and it's like not a huge deal, but you're not trying to like, feed your dog a whole ass beer. I, I did not realize Bush was making dog beer. Um, yeah, I guess I find that interesting because I, after this show, I'd love to Google it and learn more about what, what that is and <laughs> what that even means. Cause I remember like being, you know, younger and like drinking and just like, um, you know, being at a party and like someone's dog rolls out and everyone's like, Oh, give the dog a beer. But it's like, yeah, they'll like lick a couple of sips, but they're not enjoying it. They're just like amongst, a beer, right? Right. Uh, I'm going to say that's ridiculous. Does your dog really need a beer? <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're like, I understand you man's best friend and everything, but man and woman's best friend. But, like, are you really going to be like, here you go, buddy. Let me pour a whole beer in your water bowl. <laughs> you know, like, I just, I think it's ridiculous. 
Okay. Well, I, I'll give you guys a chance. You can re-answer this one because uh, I'll explain what Bush is actually making. They are canning uh, uh, pork bone broth is what it is. Oh. So there, so there's... Like a treat. It's, like, it's yeah. almost like a sweet treat. Okay. Yeah. There's no actual alcohol in it and there's like no hops in it. It's pork bone broth with like celery and some other things. And they're saying, you know, it, but it's just coming in a beer can. So it's like you can share a beer with a dog, but not really. Uh, they said it doesn't even really taste great to humans. So there's no point in you drinking it or trying to make soup with it. <laughs> uh, but they said, yeah, you can either pour it in the dog dish and it looks like beer. Or you can, you know, pour it over some dry food and give them a treat that way. But yeah, it's not really actual beer. So if, like if you have new thoughts. I'd like to amend my answer to adorable. Yeah. And I, I would just say my only amendment would be, well, it's hard to get it down to one word, but I guess what I'm thinking of is like from a marketing perspective, great for a one-time event. Maybe think through the like full-on sales strategy. Like if say like a brewery that's super dog-friendly, Grist House or Spring Hill or somebody like that did doggy day and like did that as part of the day. What a great fit for like the theme and the event to have like this, this pork belly broth beer for the dog as a whole product line. Like, damn, like they, they really leaned into it. So, oh. wow, there it is. Damn dude. Yeah. I would say um, good for an event, like a one-time thing. Maybe think about if you want to take this to mass production, if it's like, like how much does it cost like yeah are they fun? Like, i can't tell you <laughs> like 12 packs like how are they pack packaging that for the consumer uh, i'm pretty sure it is coming in like six packs oh so uh it is uh let's see if i can find a price quickly here oh actually it's coming in four packs okay yeah they don't have a price on it though because it's sold out. Yeah, that's fascinating, dude. I had not heard of that at all. Um, but yeah, I, I would say interesting, but also yeah, like great for like a one-time limited seasonal push. But yeah, yeah if this stays around, like oh uh, yeah, maybe yeah. that aluminum could go towards beer. Right. Yeah, we are in a bit of a uh, not to cut you off, Kelsey, but yeah, we are in a bit of a, a can drought. So yeah. putting pork bone broth and that isn't the greatest <laughs> right um i was gonna say i feel like this is something that could become almost like a party punishment for some people potentially like if you're playing king's cup this goes in the middle if you're playing 13 beers this becomes one of the beers oh. or like if you do like a beer roulette and get a brown bag and like randomly choose like that would suck. Like, oh shit, you got the dog brew. Yeah, like, haha, you got dog beer, man. It's bone broth, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say I did look it up. It is it's uh, ten bucks for a four pack. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you know, cheap cheaper than a hitchhiker four pack, but you know, yeah. it's no beer or you know, <laughs> yeah, not sixteen ounces either. So yeah, yeah, it's an interesting marketing strategy for sure. Yeah, I, I do like Kelsey's idea, though, that, you know, reaching outside of the intended market for, you know, punishments and jokes. <laughs> uh, all right. So our next prompt, and this one is going to be a little bit sports, 
uh, focused, but it's also beer focused. Bud Light is running another stupid promotion. So we'll, you know, it, they've been on a kick of running stupid promotions of being like the beer of Utah and uh, like trying to give away beer if the Cincinnati's red pitcher threw up, you know, 14 strikes or whatever in two games. But their newest one is fantasy football related. I know what this is. This is okay. Amazing. Okay. So drafting Gardner Minshew, the Jacksonville Jaguars QB, in the first round of fantasy football for a chance at free Bud Light is blank. So it's not even free Bud Light. It's just a chance to win Bud Light if you draft this QB in the first round. First round. Hmm. Uh, I, I guess, like, my mind goes to practicality. But, dude, I would say the word I'd fill it in with is uh, risky. <laughs> because, like, if that's your round one pick and dude gets injured or, you know, ends up not fulfilling his obligation to, like, start or be the – man that he you know needs to be to lead like not only are you (laughs) pushing all your chips to get some bud light your pick might not even pan out (laughs) right Um, right (laughs) i think the other caveat of this is that if you draft gardner Minshew in your first round and you win your fantasy league at the end of the season you have a chance to win, I think, like a season's worth of Bud Light. Oh. Wow. So oh, I think like okay. a second part of this. Oh, okay. I, I, I guess I missed that. But, yeah, I just saw drafting him, and I was just like, that's, <laughs> that's so risky as hell. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of conditions to this. But, Kelsey, do you think well, – what do you think? I, I want to hear your thoughts I, on this. I think it's bold of Bud Light. I think it's, um, it's kind of brilliant as well because – if you think about it, like Minshew, I'd say is like a mid-tier quarterback. Um, obviously, it depends on how Jacksonville's going to be doing. It depends on all the other players on their team. Um, but you know, I think he's like quarterback twenty-two on Matthew Berry's list right now. Um, but if you have the balls in your fantasy league to be like, you know what, I'm going to pass up Christian McCaffrey if he's still on the board. I'm going to pass up Saquon, and I'm going to draft Gardner Minshew. Number one, like, you're either a fantasy genius or you're just like, you know what? I'm going to try this chance for Bud Light all season. Like, <laughs> it's kind of ballsy. Yeah. And it's hilarious, too. I, I guess think- it also depends on how much you love Bud Light as well. Right. Because if you're like, ah, uh, Bud Light, bitch. <laughs> like, Bud Light over all my life years. Bud Light is better than Miller Light. Bud Light is better than Coors Light. Bud Light is better than the Canadian crap. Look that like. Like, <laughs> maybe if someone is like super into it and they're like, you know what? I want to pay for Bud Light all season. So I'm going to take this risk and then build my entire offense and like fantasy team around him and his mustache. <laughs> and Uncle Rico from Napoleon Diamond. Yeah, he does yeah. look like Uncle Rico. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah, it's a risk, but. Um... I like the bold because like somebody at some ad agency was like this, this is where we're going to pitch AB and Beb. This is where we're going to pitch like your fall advertising cycle of, you know, ads around this dude. He's our guy. He's our like centerfold. Like we're going to roll with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they got Minshew. So I follow Gardner Minshew on Instagram. Full disclosure. 
So he put out a whole Insta story, an Insta video yesterday. And it was this amazing 80s theme training montage of him like talking to himself in the bathroom, like psyching himself up. And then they go through this amazing training montage. And at the end of it, he's sitting there and he's like, just like Daniel San, train kit Cobra Kai, you too. And it was just like, oh my gosh, you're leaning so hard into this 80s theme right now. I can't handle this. But it was like, he's on board 110%. So, I mean, from a humor standpoint, it's, it's brilliant. All right. So I got, I have a tack on question to this. Uh, I, I don't think Bud Light is worth it to any of us to pick Gardner Minshew. What beer is worth it to make you pick Gardner Minshew first round? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, um, that's a great question, dude. I like, um, hmm, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I've had a lot of great beers this year, but one that stood out to me that I was like, and you might've seen it on my Twitter, Steve, but like about a week or two ago, uh, when I had that sassafras, that tree collab with dancing gnome, it was at 2.8% petite. Beer. Huh? No, I didn't uh, see that one. Oh dude. It, so they, they did, they're doing their like tree collab. It's like 12 months, 12 beers, one a month. And, uh, um, I guess July beer, I guess, or July or August beer was sassafras. And it was a 2.8% petite IPA. It was literally incredible. It's like, it was the best beer I've had this year. One of the best beers I've ever had in my life. And I would pick Gardner Minshew for a chance at a year's supply of, you know, sassafras because it was just like yo i could just like drink this while operating machinery or doing anything <laughs> like it was a like, lunchtime beer easy you just oh, have a yeah. year of it yeah <laughs> so yeah i would say that for sure that was the best beer i've had this year and it was um yeah it was one that i was like damn i like wrote to andrew and i was like dear andrew this was <laughs> how did you do that Oh, that sounds really good. Um, oh, gosh. I don't know what beer I would draft Gardner Minshew. It would have to be something really rare or something that I can only get super seasonally. Um, but I can't, like, pick one out of the plethora of crafts that I've had in order to do that. Uh, okay. I, I think for me, it's not necessarily a single beer, but it's definitely – just like making sure that I got a whole series of something because mm-hmm. we were talking earlier in the last segment of how like I haven't had everything from the utterly series. So I think maybe like for me, it might be a uh, hole punch. If I made sure I got every hole punch okay. release for a year, I would, I would draft Gardner Minshew. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, that's fair. Yeah. That, I think that's a good trade off for sure. Yeah, it's just like just to make sure I got everyone, and then I didn't have to pay for them. I didn't have to search. I didn't have to trade. I didn't have to do any kind of crazy bullshit. <laughs> I just get them. <laughs> got them, yeah. So Adam, Steve and I play in the same fantasy football league, and currently Steve is sitting in third in our draft order. <laughs> so Steve, are you going to draft Gardner Minshew in the first round? Hell no. <laughs> I was like, wow, what a question. Like, that would be amazing. He was like, yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm thinking I am. <laughs> Are you drafting Gardner Minshew in the first round? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Are you? Are you with your, your number two in that draft order? Are you taking it? Yeah. Um, 
I have other leagues that I would consider potentially drafting him in, so not this one. I mean, you've already had that awful loser's trophy in your house, as have I. So, yeah, I mean, but I don't want it back ever. Okay, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> it is. It, it is literally a toilet seat. With oh, your wow. yeah, with your face posted on it. If you yeah. lose, uh, unfortunately, both Kelsey and I have been recipients. <laughs> oh dang! Yeah, it, it's it's harsh. <laughs> yeah, you'll have that. It, I mean, as is tradition, right? Like, yeah. Kelsey pulled off the good one though, in which she had the losers trophy and her husband had the winners trophy at the same time. Oh. So, <laughs> a house divided. Damn. Yeah. Sorry. That's it tough. It yeah. It wow. <laughs> Man, I, I was part of a fantasy football league in like 2011, like this is years ago. And I remember I was in the league and it was me and my girlfriend at the time and her whole family. And in the middle of football season, we broke up and then I won the league. They had oh, to- no. Yeah, yeah dude. It, <laughs> talk about awkward. I had to like email the father of my ex-girlfriend like, hey, um, just FYI, hope you all are well. We broke up, but I won the league. So somebody else that money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They they still mailed it to me. They're like, yeah, whatever. All right, here you go. Right. Yeah. Like weird timing, weird relationship, weird, like way to earn a little bit of money. (laughs) All right. Our final prompt for this game. And it can be more than one word on this one. This one's kind of more open-ended, but I hope beer fests will blank. Beer fest will blink. We're, we're just we're in the middle of Fresh Fest month now. It's turned into a whole month for Digifest. So, you know what what do we hope fresh or what do we hope Beer Fest will do in the future? Hmm. Good question. I I guess just speaking on behalf of the like minority community, yeah. Like I would say diversify and um, come back because I miss them <laughs> a lot. Uh, I hope that once COVID is over and we can gather together. I'd love to see Beer Fest come back and whatever Fresh Fest has started to get this as part of the conversation continues because uh, it's so important. And it's um, the other beer in my fridge is, is actually the, the Black is Beautiful collab. I didn't want to pull that out because it's like 10% and I've already had it and I love it, but I wanted to save it. Yeah, it's a big boy. But yeah, it, I would the, say just... Do you have the Cinderlands one? It... Uh, Actually, I do. Holy shit. Damn, Steve. Yeah, uh, you're same, right. Same. I, I was, <laughs> my, my colleagues went to the Hitchhiker, and they got the Hitchhiker Black is Beautiful, and they loved it. And I went to Cinderland's just because it's so close. Yeah, I, yeah. I do have that one, and it's, it's great. But, yeah, it'd be great to see more black and brown people, um, more women uh, into it. I think um, both on the um, enthusiast side but also on the industry side, it's just, it's just really cool and, like, ironic to live in Pittsburgh and to not be from here, but to see what those guys have started um, continue, especially during COVID to take it virtual and like to do it digitally. So yeah, I'd say uh, it'd be cool to see beer fest come back and then continue to be, you know, diverse settings for folks who look like me. (laughs) Love it. Um, I would say resume and expand. So I'd love, I'm, I'm with Adam. I'd love to see them come back. I think it's such a great opportunity for breweries to kind of showcase like and kind of show off a little bit like what they're making, what they're creating, what they're crafting and kind of to see what influences either in the industry or kind of where they are 
um, and, and how that's driving what beer they're producing. And I'd love to see it expand um, as a woman, like to more woman-owned breweries or to like more women um, brewers. Um, and obviously like, you know, just continue to diversify, like Adam said, um, so that it's, it's just a very inclusive event of everyone. So um, just kind of seeing how Fresh Fest has taken everything online for an entire month now. I think that's kind of such a revolutionary concept and like kind of bringing breweries together for like with one common beer that they're brewing. So um, I wouldn't hate to see other brewers like Beer Fest kind of take parts of that and, and kind of mold them and shape them. Like I think the concept of a collab beer across the entire festival is so interesting or like if you give people the base recipe and kind of see how they interpret that and how other brewers kind of expand on that, I think that could be a really interesting concept and it's like okay we're going to all serve this beer at this beer fest like here's my take on it here's my take on it here's this take on it i just think that could be um such a unifying experience across kind of the industry hmm. interesting yeah. uh i'm gonna be selfish <laughs> uh, i just want brutal beer fest back but no <laughs> no uh no i one uh, the reason why I asked the question is because I was on Twitter and I saw a bunch of like brewers and other people in the beer industry who actually didn't want beer fest to come back just because there's such a hassle. So I wanted to take the temperature of other people who like going to beer fest and it's like, do you want them back? And it's, you know, I wanted to see that. Um, but to what Adam was saying to with expanding things and it, what we were seeing with fresh fest last year was it was becoming more of a concert and a concert and beer fest like there was just everything there because there was also i believe there were a number of art vendors as well mm -hmm. at that so it was it was just kind of a community featured thing uh across fresh fest but that's also kind of why i say i wanted to see brutal beer fest come back because like it was also a concert and a beer fest mm -hmm. and I'm a heavy metal fan so of course that's just what i want <laughs> i'm being selfish but uh yeah, I really do hope they come back. The other beer fest that we were kind of, uh, we were actually scheduled to do a podcast from because we did it last year, but it was a home brew festival. And then it was also going to be a home brew festival and barbecue fest. Mm. So like that, the the beer fest plus and is also like, that's that's a very interesting concept to me. And I like it because Fresh Fest has, I mean, if you've looked at the content they put out this year for the DigiFest, if you could imagine all of that for the in-person festival, it would have been amazing. So mm -hmm. yeah. I, I definitely agree. I would like to, with both of you in that, I would like to see more of what we see from Fresh Fest, but also expand and have more beer fests that are beer fest and to give an extra experience of some sort to, you know, somebody who's not going to drink as hard like me or just, you know, even a designated driver who can take, you know, can just take in some music or some interesting food from the community. So, yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Like Fresh Fest did a great job of amplifying some of the black artists and black performers that normally don't even, don't even drink beer. And it was awesome seeing them and talking and be like, yo, like, what's up? How are you guys feeling? Like, like, take the temperature and like kind of read the room. They're like, yo, we're actually having fun. Like this isn't like our main day to day thing, but we kind of like, we rock with this. This is awesome that like we get to see people that we know we love and all hang out. And then like, I think nappy roots headlined it last year. And that mm -hmm. was awesome. 
Yeah, and Nappy Roots headline because they also they actually are in the beer community uh, from where they're from. Like they they get into uh, brewing beer. I don't think they like have a space themselves, but they would go into breweries and brew beer with the brewers. So yeah. they were doing collaborations already. So yeah, they were into the community on both sides. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. everybody's missing Fresh Fest this year, as especially because it was going to be like just on the streets of Allentown, and that would have been you know a very cool thing to see. But mm-hmm. maybe next year. Someone who missed the last two Fresh Fests because they were out of town for work, and I was going to actually be in town this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, that bum that bummed both you and katie out because yeah. katie katie was going to be back this year too but she she did get to go last year so she's fine <laughs> next year next year next year but uh yep cool well that's how we play the ripped off version of pti word <laughs> you guys did great yeah a lot of great insight onto the things going in into the beer world i want to jump back to the last beer or seltzer everybody was drinking this segment uh, we'll start with adam how's that uh, f1 treating you love it it's so good yeah it's it's like got a nice multi backbone i'm still working on it because i was kind of like slowing down a bit but yeah it's it's awesome yeah highly yeah. recommend it for sure yeah i think that was my favorite of the slot car series that they put out yeah. the, F- the f1 the hazy ipa i like yeah. that one a lot kelsey how's, how's the seltzer I mean, it's delicious. I'm still working through it. Obviously, I slowed down a little bit um, after that April center. I had to start, but and because I was talking, and that tends to happen mm-hmm. uh, when I drink. So, <laughs> um, still working through it, but I think it'll be a good one to kind of end my night on. So, right on. Uh, for for me, because I let you two talk throughout the segment, I pretty much finished that Grenado of the vanilla oak aged Belgian. The fifteen percent Belgian from abjuration, boy oh boy, oh did it age so so well? It's so mild right now, but you get so much barrel flavor on it and just a little bit of sweetness. So wonderful! <laughs> and what what a blessing in disguise that you found that in the back here. Did you just find it tonight? I didn't just find it tonight, but I knew it's kind of been existing back there. It's also been existing with their rice wine, barley wine. I've been I've been holding on to these for like special occasions, and but I what I actually found was that I have two of the vanilla oak age Belgians, so I can afford to drink one tonight and still keep one for a later time, which will probably be December, as I drink both for my birthday. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday! Nice. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a fantastic beer, and I'm sure if uh, Tom or Dave happen to listen to this episode, they will be very mad to find that I've been holding their beer for so long. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude! No, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm glad that I was able to have three different ones, and I'll definitely like shout out Couch and Hitchhiker and Cinderlands. Oh yeah, a, for sure. On a whole round of awesome beers, and it's so cool to see Kelsey having that seltzer because I've never had it, and I. I plan to get it soon. Right now, I think it's a blueberry lemon. So um, I think they're trying to put them out monthly. If I'm like reading the socials correctly, I think it's around monthly. So who knows what September will hold. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good release schedule though. Just yeah. one seltzer a month, you know, yeah. with all the other crazy stuff they're doing. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, super thrilled to see that. And I love that you stayed with the Gris theme 
Yeah. Yeah. Support, you know, I uh, I think I was supporting Hitchhiker last time I was on. Um, so tonight it's all about Grist House. So, or the last time I was on. I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, hashtag support local. So. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I think by now everybody who's listened to the show knows that like the Grist House, Hitchhiker, and Abjuration are pretty much the big three we support all the time on this show. So, not that we don't support anybody else, but it's just those are super common on the show. Nobody's surprised, but it's you know. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And, and I'll just go back going back to Steve's point when you pulled out that like sour ginger that was out of state. It was awesome to see that because I know that you're having me on and I'm like very local.com and like supporting local. So of course I've got this like local array. So it's awesome that like on tonight's show, we got some non local to Pittsburgh stuff, still craft, but um, I forget that was from, you said uh, Missouri. Yeah. Gulfport, Missouri. Yeah. Dude, so dope. it's just, it's just around, just a real rando of a beer. <laughs> I support that though. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did a bunch of bootlegging from uh, vintage estates this weekend but all that stuff is like kind of reserved for other future episodes. It's all oh. themed together. <laughs> Damn, man. My man's got a collection. Jeez. No, I need to get out the vintage first off. Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, for now though, Adam, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your works, promote whatever you want to just go right on ahead. The floor is yours. Oh, sure. Um, so yeah, you can check out Very Local. Uh, we're just verylocal.com. Uh, when you go there, there's two options, New Orleans and Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm Pittsburgh, so like click on Pittsburgh and we're the Pittsburgh site. Uh, we cover local food and beverage and arts and culture and events. And um, we also have a podcast. It's just called The Slaw, like Coleslaw, where we bring on guests to talk about Pittsburgh stuff. But yeah, I would say just check out Very Local. And if you're on social media, we're just Very Local PGH on your preferred social channel. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I, I mean, if folks want to follow me, you're welcome to. I, I don't know that I'm that interesting, but I'm Adam Sorma. And my social is just A Sorma. It's A-S-O-O-R-M-A on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I think Steve knows I tweet about my neighbors. I tweet about dogs and babies. I tweet about beer and coffee and stuff that I like. And on Instagram, it's the same thing. Just a big hodgepodge of random stuff. But um, yeah, man, I appreciate your guys' time and for having me on. I'll say Adam's uh, Twitter feed is very, it's a very nice palate cleanser to a lot of the psycho garbage you'll find on there. And then you see an Adam post and he's just talking about like babies, as he said, or dogs or food. And you're just like, oh yeah, I could go for a torta right now myself. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, dude. Following you right now because. Oh, thanks. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I like. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just like the only. Sometimes the way I feel about Twitter is there are two people who like Twitter: me and Donald J. Trump, and that, that is so <laughs> odd to think that way. Because like I, my buddies, I'm like, hey man, like if you want to keep up, just add me on Twitter. They're like, isn't that like what the president uses? I'm like, well, yeah, but like anyone can. It's it's just like awesome little short snippets of my life and my thoughts. And um, I appreciate your follow, Steve and yeah, Kelsey. It's, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's okay to post just fun stuff. Like you don't have to be like angry and political all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like I, I feel like people have lost that sense, and that's why so many people just migrated to Instagram because it's just photos. 
it's yeah. just way easier than reading and there's nothing angry about pictures of beer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I try to, I put art or thought into words and mm -hmm. uh, I love Instagram for sure. But I think one of the cool things about Twitter is you get to kind of be creative with like your words yeah. and dude, it's funny. Cause I'll think about like, Oh gee, I wonder if this will get like, liked or retweeted. And then it's like something totally different. So I'll do like a photo and then I'll just do words. And it's the fucking words, man. Like it's people like to see some like creative, whether it's like poetry or just like some random stuff after a couple of beers that I tweet. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, people, people read this stuff. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Maybe it's a moment of levity or a break from all the political bullshit, but I try to just keep it fun. Yeah. I, th I think that's also just because you, you know, you're a writer by trade. So of course you're more attracted to words than you are just, you know, always pictures. So sure, sure. I, I get that. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow us on social media for all the dumb shit I post, uh, <laughs> then search hot nation USA and that'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the hot nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search hot nation USA on your favorite podcatcher, like Stitcher, Podbean, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, and pretty much anything else that ends in the word cast because we're on all those platforms. Yeah. And if you're on any of those platforms, leave a five-star review because... We're a six-star show, but you can only leave five stars. And that's a bigger crime than me trying to trick up Kelsey and see if she could actually catch it. But yeah, she's been on the show <laughs> enough. She knows how to do the back and forth. <laughs> Thank you. She knows the call and response. That's great. She at least listens or pays attention when she's here. <laughs> I do. I got I love that. Yeah. Uh, thanks again to Adam for coming on. It's great yeah. having you on. Uh, I definitely, again, you know, aside from your social media, I really suggest you know, reading very local because you guys like curate some of the best stuff that's in Pittsburgh. And for the people who listen to our show that are outside of Pennsylvania, it's a real great handy guide for like any tourists that would come through. So yep. if you're coming, if you're coming from out of state for a weekend, because you finally want to try all these breweries we talked about, check out Adam's article. He'll tell you exactly where to go what to pair with the breweries and just like really great spots to visit. Yeah. And you'll wind up with a weekend that's better than just hanging out in two different permanies. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It, it's, I so appreciate you guys saying that. That's super nice. We, we designed the very local site to be for the natives, but what we found was that the tourists love it because they get a bit of a local flavor or local feel if oh, they had sure. a pop-up or a brewery or a coffee shop. So yeah, like shout out to Steve because I, we did not think about folks visiting uh, and it turns out folks visiting love to hit our site when they get here or before they get here to research the spots. And we love to showcase our city to folks, you know, coming in for a weekend. So I, I appreciate the kind words. Right on, right on. Well, that'll do it for us this week and we'll be back next Friday and single a Adam will be back. Single A Adam will be back. Single A Adam will be back. I'll be um, back at some point here, hopefully soon. We have something in the works, and we'll talk about it off mic because I'm not trying to tease the audience too soon with this, but we have something in the works. So, uh, yeah. So, Kelsey will be back soon enough, and we'll see you all next week with, I'm not sure what we decided on yet. But something, something. and it'll be important. So, yeah. stay tuned, listener and viewer. Hopefully, single A Adam just surprises me with all kinds of burial. 
because Boyle, yeah, <laughs> he's going to North Carolina. Oh, Burial right, lives in, right. yeah, Burial lives in North Carolina. If I can just get a whole episode of Burial, I'll be so happy. <laughs> You're going to text him every day. Yes. Well, I don't bother people on vacation. <laughs> oh, I'll bother him for you. <laughs> well, you go ahead. That's you. That's okay. not me. <laughs> I don't have control of your life. You do what you want. <laughs> Perfect. I'll bother him for you then. All right. Well, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.